So I just got back from the Aero Conference in Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, the Aero Conference is, that's the association of our regulators, right? You're, whether you have a real estate appraisers board or real estate commission or real estate panel, appraisal panel, whatever you want to call it, it's the folks that issue your license and maybe take your license back if you get in trouble. And so they have an association, it's called AARO, A-A-R-O, Association of Appraisal Regulatory Officials, right? And so we were out there, we were chatting, and I heard some, I heard some buzz and some of the resistance from practicing appraisers uh, in supporting their adjustments and supporting their opinions and their conclusions. We're still hearing the term quite often of, well, I've been doing this 30 years, right? Years of experience, in other words, is the example. I did a presentation a while back. I put those words up on a screen, and it just said years of experience. And I got the audience to say it. Say, say this with me, years of experience. And then my next slide deck said, never say that again, right? And I'm not trying to belittle or point down or look down my nose to someone that's been doing this 30 years. I mean, I'm in that group, right? 40 years, even longer. You know, if you've done your job, if you've analyzed the actions of market participants in a particular area, and you've been doing that for many, many years, I tip my hat to that. But I don't like it when I hear appraisers use as a cop-out to a hard question well, this is just my opinion. We understand that's your opinion, but how'd you get your adjustment? Well, that's just my opinion. Okay, okay, it's your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. What are you basing your opinion on? And they say, years of experience. That's not good enough anymore. So uh, stick around in this podcast. I've got a great guest coming on. We're going to talk about years of experience and other things in this episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Hi, this is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast, brought to you as always by the very fine folks over at Appraiser eLearning. You need some education? Check us out, especially if you haven't done so already. AppraiserELearning.com. We have a whole host of courses. We've got a lot of new courses coming down the pike as well, and we'll touch on that in this broadcast. But without further delay, I'd like to invite my guest on the program, Mr. Brent Bowen. He's a certified residential appraiser. Brent, welcome to the program, my friend. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate you having me on. Sure, sure. So tell the uh, tell the viewers, this, this is a podcast, but we have folks that watch us too. And by the way, if you haven't checked us out, uh, the videos are over at YouTube. So uh, get on YouTube, search Appraisory Learning, and you can watch us in action as opposed to just listening to us. Don't do that while you're driving your car. <laughs> just go ahead and listen to the podcast. But if you've got some time, you might check out the video version over on YouTube. And while you're there, we certainly ask that you follow us, and that way you'll continue to be in the know when we have a broadcast. So, Brent, uh, if you don't mind, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Brent Bowen? Well, I am a practicing appraiser. I've been uh, appraising since 1998, um, been a long time. And what I, I, I've been actually uh, really writing a lot in the last few years. And that has, has led me down an interesting path, which I, I think we'll talk a little bit about. Um, and one of the things that, that I like to do is to find 
unique ways to solve problems. So, so that's really um, what I what I enjoy. Um, my my kids tell me I'm a nerd, and I um, I, I own that. <laughs> so, um, I like to bring that into the appraisal realm and uh, and do things a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. What where are you located, Brent? Oh, I'm in the uh, the Dallas, Texas area. Oh, great, 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 great. Love Texas. Love, love, love Texas. We've, we've actually opened some offices down there and super excited about it. I, I speak down there on a regular basis for the ATA and just uh, love the state. Hate the humidity, but, but love, love the state. I hope to go uh, hunting down there with my buddy Wade on one of his ranches. Maybe, maybe this fall. We'll see. Wade, if you're listening. So, Britt, uh, tell us a little bit about problem solving. I mean, that's it, it's funny you say that because... I just told a client that the other day. I said, I'm a problem solver. Let me help solve your problems, right? Uh, appraisers in general are problem solvers, or they're supposed to be. I mean, what we do is we identify the value problem, and then we take steps if, if we're competent or can get competent. We take the appropriate steps to solve that problem. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, in years past, appraisers have just, I, I think they've slid by and they've gotten pretty lucky. They just make adjustments and nobody questions them at all. But times have changed now. Now people want to know, well, you made a $45,000 adjustment for an ADU. Where did you get that adjustment? And, and if you just say it's my opinion, years of experience, it probably isn't going to cut it anymore. So what, what kind of uh, ideas or suggestions do you have around that? Well, actually, my suggestion is to um, don't throw that out the window. Um, I, I hear people say that a lot, too. And, and I don't begrudge them that or say, well, that's meaningless. I say that's a great starting point. So when you're, you're talking about those years of experience, what you've just identified is that I'm really good at understanding why people do what they do in my market. And appraisers often aren't really good at articulating that and understanding, okay, what is it that, okay, uh, yeah, so the ADU example you just gave, the $45,000 for the ADU, it's not that that number is wrong necessarily, it's that you, you're not taking the, the steps to, to move backward and say, where did that number come from? Um, how, how did I arrive at that? And what are the, the variables that, that make people uh, uh, you know, value that ADU more or less? There, there's things that are involved there. And so what, what I started doing is asking the, the why question, not just what is the value of that ADU, but why is that the value? And, and that will illuminate a lot of things once you start asking that question. Yeah, there's no question about it. As I said on the onset, I, I tip my hat to someone that does their job, right? And uh, if I meet somebody that's been doing this 40, 50 years, I wanna, I wanna hang out with them and have a conversation because uh, they probably have a lot of value, right? They probably have a lot of insight. But what I don't like is when someone is asked a hard question and they use that as an escape clause. Instead of, to your point, articulating how they got there, they mm -hmm. brush it off and say, who are you to question me? And that's not appropriate, okay? No. Um, I, I always use a, an example, Brent. 
you know, if you were taught an improper technique 30 years ago and you've been using an improper technique for 30 years, wouldn't you just be really good at doing something the wrong way? Correct. <laughs> and the answer is you would be, right? So we've got a lot of tools out there available. Talk about some of the tools or ideas or suggestions that you would have for a practicing appraiser that's listening right now that says, okay, I want to improve my game. Maybe they've been doing this 30 years and they say, hey, you can still teach an old dog new tricks, right? What are some of the tools I can use or, or how can I assemble a whole tool chest where I can use multiple tools? What would you say to somebody like that? Uh, I would say if, if you're looking for tools, you're on the right track. Um, there are a lot of really good tools out there. There's been a, a push toward, toward data science in the uh, appraisal world, which is, is, is good. And there's a lot of tools that make that data science more accessible to appraisers. Um, what, what I, I take a, a, a perspective of um, let's, let's go down that road of data science and then let's um, throw social science in because that's really the foundation of everything and, and try, to, uh, try to take all those tools and, and put them together. Um, I use a lot of, of various tools. In fact, I'm, I'm sort of an early adopter of different, uh, different tools and um, apps out there. And so I'll, I'll almost always immediately uh, try out the, uh, the new app, the new tool, and I'll immediately do a lot of research with it. Uh, I'll take several of my um, my common appraisal problems in my market, and I'll say, okay, how does this tool help me with with this problem? Uh, and, and then a lot of times I don't necessarily keep using that tool on a daily basis, uh, but it will it will help me to uh, to sort out that problem, to rethink that problem from you know, all these tools. They they do something in a unique way. Um, and, and so I try to find out, okay, how, what, what problem is this really good at solving? And, um, and, and then try to, uh, to use that tool to help me uh, understand the market a little bit better. Yeah. Now, a minute ago, you said, look at the science. Mm -hmm. But then immediately thereafter, you said, analyze the social. Elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that. Okay. Um, so with data science, you're throwing uh, a lot of data points up on the screen. Uh, you know, if we think of it visually, which we often do, um, you're going to be looking at a chart with a lot of dots on it, and you're going to be trying to draw a line through that. Um, and it, with social science, you're trying to think about, okay, there's people involved here. And um, the, the great thing about people is we're all human. We all have brains that work in the same way, not identically the same way, but uh, you know we're we're working from the same human base level, and so we we respond to things similarly, and so we're looking for uh, it, social science looks for that why question: Why do people do what they do? And in in the world of real estate, so why does somebody want that extra garage? What do they want to do with it? Um, and so once you start asking those questions, um, then that 
that helps you to evaluate that data science that much better because you've identified variables and collinearities. So, uh, you know, you, you can, you can draw a line through something and, um, and try to make sense of a lot of data, but until you understand how people are thinking, you're not really sure what questions to ask of that data. So, so that's really why those two have to go together. Yeah, I, I love that. Thank you for that answer. You know, um, one of my favorite authors in, in, in the appraisal world says, judgment is the appraiser's sharpest tool. And I believe that to be true. You know, people have talked about computers taking over the, the role of an appraiser. And this is just my opinion. I, I personally don't think that will ever happen. You know, we as appraisers, we're trying to measure something that is simply immeasurable. We're trying to measure human behavior. So I love, I love that answer. Brent, I know you've written a course. I want to get to that very quickly and let you talk about the course. Uh, but before we do that, let me take just a quick little break here. All right. You know, since 1978, LIA Administrators and Insurance Services has been offering E&O insurance to valuation professionals just like you and I. LIA applies superior customer service and exceptional liability education. They have unparalleled claim defense to serve over 10,000 real estate professionals, professionals all across the United States. They offer commercial bonds, general liability, cyber liability, and so much, much more. Visit liability.com to learn more about how LIA can help protect you and your business. And I just want to thank LIA once again uh, for sponsoring the Appraisal Update Podcast. We certainly appreciate your support. Check out LIA Administrators and Insurance. All right, Brent, thank you for hanging on there for a second. So you've been busy. <laughs> you've been really, really busy. You've written a course. And uh, I'd like for you to tell my audience a little bit about what, what the course is about. Uh, the course is really just letting other appraisers into uh, my world of adjustment support the way I've been doing it for quite a few years. Um, and then I realized at a point that this is something I shouldn't keep to myself. Um, I, I really should teach other appraisers how to do this because uh, what it's done is it's allowed me to, um, to develop formulas based on that mixture of social science and data science we were just talking about that uh, will, will allow me to have supported adjustments for a vast array of uh, of line items, of, of differences between properties that are all supported. They're all based on uh, market support, that, which gets back to all those tools we were talking about. Um, and, and what is really amazing about it is uh, I, can, I can have, right now I, I, I have 16 uh, supported adjustments that are, are calculated uh, very quickly is you know, maybe two or three minutes of putting some property information. And this is just an Excel spreadsheet. This isn't an app or um, some sort of paid subscription. Um, it's, it's something that um, I actually give the students um, at, at the end of the course. Uh, a lot of the courses showing them how to use it. Um, I have done a lot of the math uh, for them on a lot of the common variables. And then a lot of half the course is um, teaching them how to avail, 
evaluate different variables, how they all fit together um, with that, that social science world, and try to make it uh, something that, that is done um, in, in a manner that, that they're used to. I actually use the scientific method as a uh, sort of a framework for uh, starting out with the, the first step in the, the scientific method pretty much starts out where we started out this podcast. Okay, you're, you're 30 years of experience. Um, you've made a lot of observations, so you can, you can probably come up with a, a pretty good hypothesis for, uh, for a particular adjustment um, in, in, based on those 30 years of experience. But you can't stop there. You have to, um, to do op- make observations and research and, and then uh, test that hypothesis. And so I, I teach in the class how to do that and then how to integrate it into a, a giant spreadsheet workbook that, that, uh, that I give to the student at the end of the course. Um, so it's pretty exciting. It's something that's not just a, um, uh, you know, just a, a neat tool that maybe you'll use occasionally. This is something that uh, myself and all the other appraisers in my office um, use on every single assignment every day. And we keep uh, tweaking it and improving it and, and asking questions of it um, every day. And it is is something that over probably the course of maybe 10 years has has revolutionized the way I do appraisal. Um, and you know, it's one of those things that I never, never worry about um, a reviewer or underwriter coming back. Well, can you support that adjustment? Absolutely. Um, do you have the time for me to show you how I supported that adjustment? That's really the, the, uh, uh, the, the question there, um, because I've got tons of adjustment support. Um, so, so that is, is something that I think appraisers can really benefit from. And it, the way our industry is going, there's just a lot of pressure on appraisers. Mm-hmm. And so if we can, can find ways to, um, to share things like this with, with each other and uh, make the, the whole industry better, then, then that's going to help all of us. Um, you know, I, I want us to be a, a respected industry. And I think back to how you started uh, the program here, um, when you have appraisers that, that aren't able to articulate how they support an adjustment, it, um, it, it sort of undercuts the credibility of the whole industry. And, and, and we've, we've got to address that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So let me make sure I understand this. You said that they would get a, a an Excel spreadsheet or some sort of template, right? They get that as, as yes. part of the class registration, okay? And then and then just just so I fully understand this, how does this work? Does it does it pull my MLS data into that or or what? No. Okay. No. Walk so me through how how that works. Okay. Well, and, and so this is back to the the data science realm just a little bit. Um, there are, when we're talking about humans, we're far too complex for a single set of data from the MLS for a particular search to encompass, uh, all, everything you would, you would need. Um, so, so what it really does is it, is it allows you to, to incorporate bits of research that you do 
maybe over time or maybe all at once and to uh, to put those into a formula. So how do people uh, so I, I use uh, the example of, of a garage. So why do you probably notice that at, at um, higher price points, uh, the garage adjustment is higher than at lower price points? Well, why? So what, what are the variables there? Well, it, could it be the quality of construction? Could it be the size of the garages? Could it be the size of the homes? Uh, the number of occupants may be influencing the, the number of cars that people want to, uh, want to have covered. Um, so all those those variables can be worked into a formula that says, OK, if I've got a home of this quality and this size and in this location, um, I, I actually can can develop a, a formula that will incorporate all those variables and result in a, a supported adjustment range immediately. And and I've actually done all that mapping and all the math for that and and I show the appraiser how to um, how to import uh, certain data, like very easily accessible information, uh, in order to uh, to address a lot of the common variables up front, and and then show you where you can um, can make changes to those formulas easily, and train them how to do that, uh, so that when when you've uh, you've seen your your property and you can enter in some pieces of information just like i say you know square footage quality condition you know effective age uh those those things all become variables in a, a variety of formulas so when i enter in that data um, all the calculations are done immediately incorporating all that and the adjustments are immediate um, and then there's things that are, because we're talking about humans, there's always things that are going to be um, very difficult to capture in a formula. But if you understand what those are, then you can say, okay, I've got a range of, of this point to this point. Okay, I know in this situation, there's a few things that the formula doesn't capture well. So in this particular circumstance, I belong at the low end of that range, or I belong at the high end of that range for this other reason. And, uh, and that allows you to, um, to focus your, your analysis very quickly. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so, it's, in, it's interesting, you, you, you keep referring back to human behavior, and that's what it's all about. Um, you know, analyzing the actions of market participants. And have you ever had one out there that's kind of the outlier that it just doesn't make any sense? You know, either 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 it appears that they paid a, a premium for it or or they paid a lot less than Mark and you're scratching your head. And that's what we do. We're analysts. Appraisers are analysts. And sometimes we are we're known to overanalyze. You said your kids call you a nerd. Right. So you're probably a, a super analyst. But uh, one of my former mentors <laughs> It was quite funny. Uh, I try to figure out well, why? What? What's his motivation? You know, why? Why does he buy a particular house? Do some buyers buy buy a house because it's in a particular subdivision? Of course they do. Do some buyers buy houses because they're in a particular school district? Well, of course they do. The number one motivating factor as to whether or not Mr. George Cox would buy a house or not was if Miss 
Alice's dining room furniture would fit in the dining room. <laughs> if, if it didn't fit, they didn't buy the house. It could, it could check off every other box. But if the dining room furniture didn't fit, they didn't buy the house. So when they did find one where the furniture fit and all the other boxes were checked, they would pay a super premium to get mm-hmm. that home, right? Well, how in the world do you measure that, right? You probably don't. That's the actions of one market participant as opposed to the typical market participant. Well, that's where some statistics get involved. And yeah. and we actually talk about that in, in the course too, um, uh, how to evaluate uh, your, your distribution uh, because we're looking for the most probable value. Right. Right. So when you're talking about probability, you're in the realm of statistics. And so um, the, uh, the buyer paying the premium for the uh, dining room furniture to fit, um, you know, that, that's going to be an outlier. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, so, let's talk about where, uh, where they can get the course, and then I'll, I'll have you talk about the date and, uh, and, and the type of offering it is, whether it be live or virtual, that type of thing. So this is the appraisory learning website. If you're watching us, uh, you see it on your screen right now. If you're listening, it's simply appraiserylearning.com. All right. And when you get there, you can find Brent's new course. If you go up under live Zoom CE, that's where it is initially. You can see we have a, a schedule out for October, November, December. And man, we've got a lot of courses <laughs> coming up. But right now, is this your first one right here, October 31st? October 31st is the first class. All right, perfect. So it's creating formulas that work. I'm going to click on that. So it is a live Zoom course on October the 31st. And it's a a full day course, it looks like. Yes, yeah, this one's a full day. It'll be a long day, but I I promise you that it'll be interesting. Uh, Despite the fact that we're talking about formulas, um, this is going to be uh, new material for every appraiser. Um, I, there's going to be discussions of, uh, of things that I, I guarantee you've never, uh, never discussed in an appraisal class before. And so I, I, I really look forward to it. I think it's going to be, uh, be really good. Um, and early next year, um, I'm hoping to have the, uh, the asynchronous version um, ready to go so that uh, appraisers don't have to do the the long day. Um, sure. and, and we're going to split it up into two days uh, sometimes when it's a, a live offering as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I have students that like, you know, both. I have some that like to break it up over two days. But I still have a, a, a good, good share of folks that like to go ahead and just knock it out on one day. We're in a roll. And you see over here on the left-hand side, uh, it is either approved or accepted are pending all over the place. I mean, we've got 44, I think it's 44 states there listed. Uh, so if you need to check out your state as to whether or not it's approved for the seven-hour CE, go over to appraiserelearning.com, click on the live Zoom CE, the last one of the month, October 31st. Is that right? Oh, it's Halloween. Are you yes. going to be uh, Are you going to be in costume for that one, Brett? Are, are you Are you going to have your students dress up for a best costume award? I think that'd be cool. That That, that would be cool. I, I think I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. 
I understand. I understand. Well, Britt, thank you so much. I mean, the time has flown by. I can't believe we've been chatting for as long as we have. When I look down at the clock, it feels like we just started. If somebody wants to reach out to you directly and have a conversation or ask you questions about these formulas that work, what is a good contact email for you or, or how can one of my listeners get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn um, and I, I'm active on there and always will uh, will catch messages. And then just direct email at brent at txvaluepro.com. Pretty easy. Um, you know, and you can go to my website and uh, you know send me a message from there. I'm, I'm pretty easily accessible and, and I like like to talk about this stuff. So I, I definitely welcome questions and uh, and lo- love to chat about it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, Brent, for stopping by. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, I'm looking forward to your class. I'll try to drop in on the 31st. I'm, I'm not sure if I'll make that one, but if I don't, I will definitely make another one because you've got me interested. <laughs> so I want to I want to take the course as well. And, uh, and good luck with that first offering. Uh, I'm I'm excited for you. Me too. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate you having me on. You bet. You bet. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast. If you would like to be on the program or you know of a guest that you think would be interesting, please reach out to any of us over at Appraiser eLearning. We'll try and make that happen. Uh, my email is brian, that's with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N, at appraiserelearning.com. You can reach out to me directly if you like. My phone number office is 270-302-8866. You can talk to Claire and we can try and get you or that, that person you recommend on the program. Until next time, stay safe, make some money, take a little relaxation, go get a massage, take a mini vacation, try and let that stress go. It's going to be okay. For Brent Bowen, I'm your host, Brian Reynolds. Happy appraising. The Appraisal Update Podcast is brought to you by Appraiser eLearning.